0: Let's welcome Pastor Don for the words of God today. God bless you. Okay,
1: we're going to jump right into the message today. We've been talking about moving forward or forward, and, and actually it's a study out of the book of Joshua. Uh, and I have been uh, reading the book of Joshua, especially the first, say, 11 chapters. I've been reading those chapters over and over again since July. And I'll tell you, if you really want to enjoy the, the, the wealth uh, and the, and really start understanding some depth in Scripture, I encourage you to take a book, take a chapter or two chapters, somewhere like that, and read every day, read the same thing. And just meditate on it. And I've been uh, getting so much. And next week I have another message, which is like, wow. I, I almost want to preach the second message. But today we're, we're going to look at uh, kind of moving forward. Uh, and actually I kind of subtitled it, Wait For It. I want it now. Mm-hmm. Now you get the idea. You're getting the idea. But uh, So let's just get right into the, the Scriptures, and let's kind of see where we're at. In Joshua chapter 6, it says this. It says, on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town they had had, uh, done before. But this time, they went around it seven times. And the seventh time uh, around, uh, the priests shouted out with loud blasts of horns. And and Joshua uh, commanded the people, shout for the Lord has given The town are giving you victory. And last week, if you remember, or or the week before, we shouted victory, amen. We just shouted with all our might uh, that God will give us victory. Uh, Just let's just shout out victory right now. One, two, three. Wow, wow. Did you ever hear about that uh, Sunday school teacher was teaching the kids, and uh, she got into the class. They were like only like four or five year olds, and uh, you know. She said, hey, I have a question for you. What's white, has long ears, and jumps around, hops around? And none of the kids would answer. And then then she said, no, come on, white, you know, pink ears, you know, big, big tail, kind of like a bushy tail, and hops around. What is it? Finally, one kid, just brave enough, raises his hand. And uh, she says, what? She says, he says, well, I know the answer is supposed to be Jesus, but it sure sounds like a bunny. Um, let's shout victory. Before you shout victory, think of something that you are struggling with, that you are facing, that you are maybe uh, perplexed or, you know, don't see victory. I want you to look right at it. Close your eyes. Look right at it. And on three, I want you to shout victory to it. One, two, three. Victory! Woo. Yeah, see a little more. We need to. We need to actually shout that. And so, in this passage, the Israelites are coming around and. Finally, they enter into the promised land. Finally, they are facing their first uh, foe, and that's Jericho. And uh, they've already had the new beginning. They've already declared that they want to be on God's side. They've already uh, said, that's it, God. We're going to be with you. Uh, We're going to do it your way. And then then they begin to march around this, this city, and they've done it for seven days. And on the seventh day, they finally get around, and they shout, victory, and or they shout, and when it happens, hallelujah, the walls come down. The walls come down. Now, think about this. you got to get this picture in your mind. This has been a long time. They left Egypt a long time ago, and they finally met on the mountain of God, and God met with them, and they made a covenant with them, and, and then they got ready to cross the Jordan, and then they didn't cross the Jordan, so they wandered around for a long, long time. Matter of fact, the whole generation died out. So it's been a long journey for these guys, and finally they cross the Jordan, and now they're facing the first enemy, and finally, hallelujah, finally, finally the walls come down. I mean, that must have been, like, amazing for them. That must have been, like, woo-hoo. You know, I'm sure that even if they were tired from walking around seven times, as soon as the walls come down, boom, they were, like, they were, they were going after the Jericho people. They were going in there to conquer that city. I'm sure that there was probably an earthquake or something that shook the and the walls broke open, and they just went in there. And they probably went in with, uh, uh, I want to say, reckless abandon, abandonment of faith. Like they just, they were just like, we know now that God is with us. We know that God is on our side. We know that God has given us victory. And they run in and they conquer the city. Can I get an amen? How many like they see that happen when the walls come down in the problem that you're dealing with and all of a sudden all it is is left over, just easy, easy victory, huh? I've, I've been there. We've had that amen. Yeah, we like that. We like that when that happens. Now, What's interesting is that in the middle of this victory, in the middle of this this great conquest, this final first victory, right, something happens in the middle of it that stops them from moving on and moving forward. And that's what happens a lot of times in our lives. We get an, a, a victory, we get our first step or our first taste of victory, but God has called us to do much more things and we don't always do the right thing in that situation and, uh, and then we don't, we, we struggle to move on to the next victory. And, and so what happens here is they forgot. When, when they went in uh, to conquer the city, God gave them some instructions and they forgot this instructions. Now, it's interesting I'm using the word they, and, and trust me when I say it, because it says in verse, chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Jericho, God's telling this, Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. The only thing is Rahab, the prostitute, uh, and the others in her house are to be spared uh, uh, for protecting the spies. So God tells them when they go into Jericho, When they go into Jericho, they must destroy everything. Everything in Jericho is an offering to God, and wouldn't this be God that he says, the only thing I want you to save is a prostitute. That is so God's heart. That is so God's heart because he looks at some of the downtrodden people, the the ones that are struggling, the ones who have faith in him, and they might not have anything to give back, and God says, I want you to save that one. But everything else must go. Everything else must be destroyed. And it says in verse 6, I'm sorry, in chapter 6, verse 20, it says, when the people heard the sounds of the trumpet, they shouted, right? They charged in. But in chapter 7, it says this, 7-7. It says, but the Israelites violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. And a man named Achan had stole some of the dedicated things, so the Lord was angry with the Israelites. Now, in verse 21, it tells you what he stole. So they went into Jericho, and Achan didn't do what God wanted him to do. He violated the instructions. And it says he took a, a robe, he took 200 pieces of silver, a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. Um, he said, I wanted them so much, I took them. Now, uh, bar of gold. How many want a bar of gold? 200. Come on now. Uh, uh, A pound of gold? 200 things of silver? I want it now. I want it all. Right? I mean, come on. I always find it interesting that someone sees something so that they have to have it. Hmm. That reminds me of several scripture verses. I hadn't planned on saying this, but Genesis... Eve looks at the tree, sees the fruit. I want it all. I want it now. David on the roof, walking around, sees Bathsheba. I want it now. Over and over again. (laughs) Esau. Esau, I mean, he just didn't eat for a while, and he looked at this bowl that Jacob had, And he sold his whole birthright for a bowl of soup, basically. Because Achan did this, the next battle that the Israelites had, they lost. And then... There was confusion between all the all the Israelites, and, and 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 they were struggling, and they were full of fear, and eventually, you know, Achan ends up dying, and there's so much time lost because Achan did not follow what God, uh, you know, said to do. Now, there's a few principles I want to share first before I get to the big one, and that is the first thing is we have to understand that we are all connected and my actions or your actions affect others. My actions affect the whole community. It's interesting how God does this. This I don't understand. It doesn't even sound fair. You know, Johnson, you're sitting in the front row again. I love you. So Johnson, you know, we're in community together. Like, I didn't see Johnson all week, but my actions actually affected you this week. And when God looks down, he sees Johnson, he sees me, he sees us as individuals, but he also sees us as community. And it says, I, like, I don't get it. It even says in other places in the Bible, it says that, that God will judge the nations. You know, you're like, oh, right, great. You know, I'm, 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 I'm of the nation of, I don't know, Indonesia or America or wherever you're from. And, you know, how come I'm getting judged or I'm getting, you know, like, I didn't do that. I didn't take the gold. I didn't, I didn't steal the, the 200 pieces of silver. I didn't do that. But how come, how come we're all suffering because one did something? It's so important to realize that we are all connected. It is, this, is, this is one of the things about this passage, and it's so important that you understand that what you do affects other people, and what they do affects you. Now, you don't have a whole lot of control about what other people do, but you have control of what you do. And so we need to understand that we are all connected. And when God looks at us, he looks at us as individuals but as one. He says what? He says, in in, the New Testament, he says, you, he's pointing to like one person, he's saying, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit lives in you when you come to Jesus. Jesus. But then he also says to a group of people, he says, Kalian, you, as we say in the South, y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, it's both individual and it's both corporate. And so we have to remember that what we do, what as a person affects other people, and what we do as a group affects individuals. And what we do as a group affects Indonesia. And what Indonesia does affects us. It's so important that we understand it. Now, it can work both ways. It can work on a negative level or it can work on a positive level. On a negative level, yeah, of course, if you do something wrong, it affects other people. Think about your family and your, you know, your family in general. You know, one person in your family does something, you know, one of your relatives goes and borrows money and then you're helping pay it back because they made a mistake. They shouldn't have done that these things affect each other so so we're all one and so but we can also do the other thing we can also positively affect think about how jonathan when jonathan and the and the israelites were uh together you know and and they were being uh, attacked by the philistines it says nobody had any weapons there was only one weapon and jonathan had it and jonathan says you know what let's go together me and the armor bearer for all of israel he goes up and he wipes out some only probably 30 people Wipes out 30 Philistines, but because he did that, he rallied all the other Israelites. David, when he was fighting Goliath, he was the only one. No one else would go out, but he inspired others. So I want to encourage you to do something great for God which will inspire others. See, it works both ways. But we have to remember that we are connected, and there is this connection. You know, the Bible says a little leaven, a little, like, yeast... When it goes in the dough, it permeates the whole dough. So what are you putting into community? How are you you affecting community? Are the things you're doing building up the community or actually affecting it in a negative way? Second principle, give to God what is meant to be offered to him. This is a principle here. God said, give all of it. I don't want to give all of it, God. I didn't say it. God said it. Give to God what is His uh, His requirement. It says in in in, in uh, G- uh, Genesis, in Exodus, chapter thirty-four, verse twenty-six. He says, "You shall bring the first of the fruits of your soil into the house of God by giving the first fruits as an offering." The Israelites are acknowledging that the whole harvest, that everything they have, is God's, and this is the first of the battle in the promised land. Now, I'm going to give you one here, an interesting one, and I'm not telling you give to ICC chip. That's what I'm talking about. That's your problem. You figure out what God, where God's telling you to give and what God is telling you to give, but I'll tell you this, for about a year and a half, almost two years now, we've been wondering, can I get an Amen. I mean, we've been wondering and wondering what's going to happen with the economy, and we've been struggling, and we're basically past. We're happy if we make it that far. But I believe that there's going to start being an economic change, and there's going to be some victories coming. What are you going to do with the first fruits? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay off my bills. I'm just going to stop. By the way, that's not what I'm going to do, but you understand what I'm saying, right? What do you want to do? What do you want to acknowledge? Who do you want to acknowledge is giving you everything? How do you want to do that? Yeah, it's getting quiet in here. Okay, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the point, to me, the point of this whole story, the story of Israel coming in with their first victory. The walls come down, and this Achan guy comes in, and takes something and does something that God doesn't want him to do. Now, it's easy if I was to say that this is, uh, you know, easy to see that Achan disobeyed God. And I could, I could say to you, this is the, this is the story, and it's, it's probably partly. You can definitely take it that way that if you disobey God, you'll have trouble moving forward. If, you, if you're sinful, it's hard to move forward. We can actually uh, come up with that principle. But there's something else I saw as I read. Something to me that's even more important for you to think about. Not that you shouldn't think about that. And I found it actually in Joshua chapter 11. In Joshua chapter 11. That's why it's nice to keep reading. In Joshua 11, it says this. It says, uh, verse 14, it says, And the Israelites took all the plunder and livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves. Now, I'm just going to stop there. I'm not going to read the second part. Basically, what was going on in all those victories later on? Everything in the town was theirs. Everything, everything. Every time they conquered, God said, "Take it all. It's all yours. You can have it all. Have it all. You can have it all." Never mind. Um, so, in verse six, he says. Don't take anything. But in, verse 11, in chapter 11, in, in chapter 6, he says, Don't take anything. In chapter 11, he says, You can have it all. But no one could see that in chapter 6. They only saw that God said, Don't take anything. What is the moral or the principle of this? Something that is so common in our land. And I'll just say it in two words instant gratification. You see, that bar of gold, that 200 coins of silver was nothing compared to what Achan could have had if he waited. If he did what God told him to do, he would have had 10 times, 30 times more because you know how many towns they took over after that and how many victories they had? Many, many victories. They had several kings that they took down and they said, he said, you can have it all. But because Achan couldn't wait and had to have it at that time, he wanted it now. I want it all. I, I, I love that. I, I want it all. I do. I want it all. But that I want it now is really where the problem is. And don't we all fall into this at times? Doesn't the world actually kind of push us in that direction, things like credit cards. Credit cards are just saying, you can, you're going to take your future for now and then be a slave in your future. That's really what's happening with credit cards. You want now what you can't wait for. Credit cards do that. You feel sad, so what do you do? You go on Tokopedia. you go to the mall, you buy something so you feel better, and then you regret what you bought because, one, it doesn't satisfy, and, two, now you're in debt. Drugs and alcohol, same thing. You've got you to drink it now. You've got to have it now. Why? Because you have something missing, and you can't wait for the proper satisfaction that God will give you if you follow him, so you take it Now. Sugar, you know, it's really interesting. Sugar has this really interesting effect because, I mean, who doesn't like a piece of chocolate? But we want to feel better, and so we take the sugar in, and what it does is it just, it it brings us right up, but then it crashes us lower than what we did before we even ate it. Instant gratification. We have a way of wanting it now. We can't wait. That's why we call it what? Instagram. Come on. Instagram, that's what it's called, right? Because we want it now. You know, we want to be married, so we sacrifice things to get married with someone that may not be the one that God wants. We can't wait for sex, and so we go early. And trust me, accidents make people. God said he wants it this way. We should wait for it. God says he wants it a certain way, and we can't wait for it. And then we pay the price, just like Achan, who ended up dying because of his his decisions. We end up suffering because of the decisions, because God says to wait, but we don't want to. This is a video that I, uh, I asked to share. It's a really cool video. I like this guy a lot and he shares uh, some thoughts about this and so uh, I thought we'd, we'd watch it. So can we put that up there on the screen and watch a little bit and of- Now that. you
2: add in the sense of impatience, right? They've grown up in a world of instant gratification. You wanna buy something? You go on Amazon, it arrives the next day. You wanna watch a movie? Log on and watch a movie. You don't check movie times. You wanna watch a TV show? Binge. You don't even have to wait week to week to week. Right? I know people who skip seasons just so they can binge at the end of the season. Right? Instant gratification. You want to go on a date? You don't even have to learn how to be like, hey. (laughs) You don't even have to learn and practice that skill. You don't have to be the uncomfortable one who says says yes when you mean no and says no when you mean no and yes when you. You don't have to swipe right. Bang, I'm a stud. Right? You don't even have to learn. The social coping mechanisms, right? Everything you want, you can have instantaneously. Everything you want, instant gratification. Except job satisfaction and strength of relationships. There ain't no app for that. They are slow, meandering, uncomfortable, messy processes. And so I keep meeting these wonderful, fantastic, idealistic, hardworking, smart kids. They've just graduated school, they're in their entry-level job. I sit down with them and I go, how's it going? They go. I think I'm gonna quit. I'm like, why? They're like, I'm not making an impact. I'm like, you've been here eight months. (laughs) It's as if they're standing at the foot of a mountain and they have this abstract concept called impact that they wanna have in the world, which is the summit. What they don't see is the mountain. I don't care if you go up the mountain quickly or slowly, but there's still a mountain. And so what this young generation needs to learn is patience. That some things that really, really matter like love, or job fulfillment, joy, love of life, self-confidence, a skill set, any of these things, all of these things take time. Sometimes you can expedite pieces of it, but the overall journey is arduous and long and difficult. And if you don't ask for help and learn that skill set, you will fall off the mountain, or you will. The worst case scenario. The worst case scenario, and we're already seeing it. The worst case scenario is we're seeing increase in suicide rates. We're seeing an increase in this generation. We're seeing an increase in accidental deaths due to drug overdoses. We're seeing more and more kids drop out of school or take leaves of absence due to depression. Unheard of. These are all. This is this is really bad. The best case scenario. The best. Those are all bad cases, right? The best case scenario is you'll have an entire population growing up and going through life and just never really finding joy. They'll never really find deep, deep fulfillment in work or in life. They'll just, just waft through life and it'll be just, it's fine. How's your job? It's fine. the same as yesterday. How's your relationship? It's fine. Like, that's, that's the best case scenario.
1: Some, uh, some wise words, I think. Don't, don't give up what you want most for what you want now. It does take time. I'm kind of old now, and I've learned sometimes the hard way. There is so much satisfaction in being. In in, in, in investing in someone that takes a long time to invest in, and it seems like it's a waste of time sometimes, but then you see them prosper. You see them find joy. You see them find Jesus. You see them, finally, the light goes on. For a long time, the light was out. You invest in people. It takes time. The the love I have for my wife, we're still investing in it now. It takes time. It's not easy. But it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And you know what's beautiful about waiting? What's beautiful about waiting is that you don't have any lingering thoughts shameful things you don't have regrets in your mind when you do it the way God wants to do it and then you see the rewards later I'm going to share with you just four quick things I'm not going to go long I'm going to zip right through them four things that you need to overcome this short-term thinking that sometimes the world has put on us I mean they say it you know no money down, instant this, play the lottery, all of these things, instant, boom. I like that one, swipe right, just swipe right and you'll have a relationship, baloney. You might have a headache. First, patience. Habakkuk 2.3 says, it may seem like a long time, though it tarries Uh, or lingers, be patient, wait for it, because I will surely make it come to pass, or I will surely make it come, and I will not delay. Number two, all of these things are are there for you. Even Joshua said, be strong and courageous, or have strength and courage, strength to resist the immediate for the better return in the future. That takes strength and takes courage. That's why... God said it to Joshua before he went into the promised land. He said, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. There's going to be times where you have to resist. There's going to be times where you're going to have to tell your body, excuse me if I say it this way, shut up! You obey me, I don't obey you. Later, you see how strong and powerful and how much character you have when you do that, and trust me, if you haven't, if you don't have children yet, and you're in that, you know, place where you're going to eventually have kids, and that's where you're going, trust me, every kid will say this, because I said it, maybe not every kid, I said it, dad, I'm not going to do what you say, I'm going to do what you do, and if he didn't have character, I didn't have character. He smoked cigarettes, I smoked cigarettes. He drank, I drank. How can he he tell me no when he's doing it? Now, my father, I love my father. I want to tell him, I I, I would, you know, I love my dad. But where you don't have character, your kids will follow. Number three, determination. Joshua said it early in his ministry. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That takes determination in the face of everything out there that's telling you otherwise. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You've got to carry the cross before you get the crown. There's no way around that. No way around it. You want the crown? Carry the cross, which means denying yourself. And then number four, perseverance. Romans 5.3 says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know the suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. The world is wants to give it to you now. It'll hand you everything you want right now. But God's saying wait for things because it's m- much better his way than the world's way. Can I get an amen? We're going to take communion now. I'm going to ask Victor to come up and help me out. I don't know where you are, Victor. You're around here somewhere. And uh, this is the... a great great place to make a commitment at communion. You know, communion actually, like kind of saying a couple of things, obviously. One, I always picture this time where I'm sitting at the table with Jesus and he's saying, you know what, you're my friend. You know, and I say, I'm your friend, God. I, I love who you are. And he says, I love who you are. And we have this wonderful, intimate friendship and discussion Come on, Victor. And but the other part is when we're making, when we're having communion, we're saying, "You are Lord. You are God. You are King. I am your servant." You know that song? I, I love that song. We've been singing it several times this week. You know. Do whatever you wanna do. Say whatever you want to say, move however you want to move, and change whatever you want to change. He's the king. I am the servant. He says to me, do this, and I'm supposed to say, yes, Lord. And that's what communion is saying. So we're going to take communion right now. Uh, Worship team, you guys can come out if you're there. I don't know if you're there. I wanted to Victor to join me because you know Victor's been working really hard, uh, taking tests and things. And uh, this week uh, he's recognized by IFGF as one of their pastors, and so we're really thankful for that. You clap, he's happy but I know what he's got to go through now. (laughs) But I think you're willing to say yes to that. Would you all stand with me? These things are tricky. I struggle with these. I got this part off, but I didn't get the other part. (laughs) You know, I love the fact that Jesus was willing to, it says, at just the right time, Jesus died for us. I don't know all the things about God. Trust me, there's very little I know about him. But I know his heart is filled with love and compassion and wants to be with his children. So I have a feeling that, you know, uh, that Jesus comes to the Father a lot of times and says, can I go now? Can I go and be with them now? Can I go and be with them now? He longs to be with us and take us to that heavenly place. I know he does. But he's waiting for just the right time. So uh, let's raise our uh, bread. It says that at the last uh, in, uh, the last supper, he he took the bread and he gave thanks. And he said, take and eat this, all of you. Uh, this is my body. Uh do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we remember that you died on the cross for us so that you can have communion with us. Lord, as we take this bread, we we declare that you are our Lord, that you are our Savior, that Lord God, you are above us. You know what's best for us. So give us courage, patience, patience, self-control, perseverance, Lord. Determination to follow your ways. In Jesus' name, amen, let us partake. Victor, I'm going to let you lead us in...
0: Thank you for the blood that shed for us cleanse our sin thank you for affirming that you loved us so much that you will die for us lord i pray with your blood we get a new dna streams in our life that we enable us to say yes to your command to say yes to your will to say yes to your desire in our life Lord
1: blessing over you before you leave. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. Blessed are the ones whose sins have been forgiven. Blessed are those who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit among the way of the sinners, nor is seated among the seats of the scornful, but they're their delight is in the law of the Lord and on the law, Lord God. Help us to meditate day and night because I know that when that happens, Lord, we will be like a tree planted by the river. Our leaf will never wither, and Lord God, we will prosper. So, Lord, help your people to have courage to, so Lord God, not just look at the instant, but look towards the future as to what you have for their lives. Bless them and keep them. Cause your face to shine upon them. Be gracious to them, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon them. And Lord God, give them and their families peace. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Go tell someone about Jesus. Amen. See you guys.